about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 297, that's 297, it's the ENS Wolves Podcast, Mailbag Manchester United. I'm your host Nathan Judas, I'd like to be joined by Mr. Liam Keen. Liam, how's it going, sweetie? It's all good, it's all good my friend. I'm a little bit croaky like you uh, from mm. the last potty, so we're, we're mm. both... We're both struggling. Oh, I think you're better now, aren't you? But I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, my voice might um, deviate from low to high. A few kind of 12, 13-year-olds' manhood screams at some point uh, <laughs> is breaking slightly. But uh, but no, I'm okay. I've got to do apologise to the listeners from the last one. I know um, you thought it was fine, but my um, my role in that, um, I wasn't I wasn't well, mate. And so I was kind of distracted to a certain extent and uh, probably um, probably wasn't at my, at my best 100%. Op, uh, optimal level, but we're getting there. We're getting there. For those who um, I, I didn't divulge at the time, but people might have seen on our questions tweet that I uh, put a picture of me, myself, and my beautiful wife um, dining at the Ritz Hotel. Uh, we were the guest of a, of, of, of a dignitary, um, one of the ex Secretary of States um, um, from Alana's side uh, from the US. So that was lovely. So you know, you got to go for dinner at the Ritz on a Monday night, as normal people do. And um, and yes, it was it was a, a menu surprise, seven course taster menu, uh, which is, was delightful, very good. And the last course, Liam, and I know you've got a bit of a sweet tooth. Now cherries don't go great with me normally when I have cherry. For some reason, cherries and me don't mix, but they bring out this. And obviously, seven course menu is not seven huge courses. People who know a little bit of a taste of any of the, the small bites, smaller bites. Um, but for some reason, this main course came out, and it was a huge dark chocolate and cherry souffle. Oh yes, lad! And it was—I mean, it looked incredible. Then they brought some kind of like little ice cream on top, and just just dipped it in the middle, and it just melted all around. And I'm thinking, oh, I mean, I know cherry. There's a word cherry in there, but I mean, this this will be absolutely epic. So, what's the worst that can happen? Well, I'll tell you what the worst that can happen is, Liam. Worst that can happen is 3 a.m., 4 a.m. 5am, 6am, 6.30am, 7am. I mean, we needed... I don't want people to be listening to this and eating, but there needed to be a lot of toilet roll in the fridge. Wow. Yeah. In the fridge as well. It was that the, bad. Oh, it, was, it wasn't good. Burning and through. to the extent where uh, we, we drove to the women's game last night and it was still bad and I had to stop off on the way um, and then I got to Molyneux and uh, had to go straight to the bathroom and then we had to do the podcast and then I had to go again. And then I had to go again on the way home, uh, and there was a detour, and then and then yeah, and so forth. You can understand. So, but but thankfully, thankfully, we're feeling a little bit better today, and uh, hopefully, we can get through the next forty-five minutes or so of answering questions without me having to uh, slide and slip off. Oh, did you have to phrase it like that? <laughs> I know, I did. I, I did wonder where you would uh, you, you'd left me once we arrived at Molyneux. Um, yes. So I, I yes. was delighted when I when I found out the very uh, gory details of where you, of where you'd been. No one um, needs pebble dashing at seven seven pm morning, mate. <laughs> mate, it was, it was not it was not pebble dashing by the sound. There was no pebble. There was, there was no, no pebbles, pebbles, mate. It was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> it was the River Avon, mate. <laughs> I was, don't ruin the River Avon for me. I'm moving to Stratford. <laughs> oh dear. Have you booked your first Shakespeare pantomime yet? 
Um, I don't think they call them pantomimes. But... No, no, but we're going to we're starting off with the kids' version. That's what we said in previous. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll build you up to the Merchant of Venice. No, 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 because I'm someone who You're more studied... of a Punch and Judy guy. You're more no, of a no, 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 no. I studied the great work oh, of the, of the yes, Bard. Oh, yes, And um, oh, that, was, that was very good. Um, okay, thank you. Look, I'm, I'm cultured. I'm, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I studied the, the great works of Bill, and um, look, I'm, I'm going straight to the, straight to Bill the, who? Straight to the top. You, Bill you, who? William Shakespeare. It's a way uh, of... Oh, come uh, on, you okay. know that. You know that. <laughs> Um, so, um, when's the big day, by the way? Have you got a moving in date? Not yet. Oh, okay. Not yet. But uh, hopefully it's going well, because the, the, the sellers that we're buying from... Mm. Um, Do they know about you yet? I mean, I'll tell you what, they've, they've been asking for an autograph. Um, although that was that was the uh, the solicitors trying to get me to sign some documents. But... Um, <laughs> they, um, the, the good news is that where they're buying has been... Agreed and going through, and there's no onward chain after that. So hopefully, hopefully it'll go through fairly quickly. But we're still well, waiting um, to hear. Where, whereabouts is it? Is it, is it a little uh, nice? Is it a nice little semi on a, on, a, on a beautiful quaint road? <laughs> That's just a normal Tuesday night. Well, hey, um, yes, it's on the outskirts so of the sort of centre. Thank you. It's on the outskirts of the centre. So yeah, it is. Uh, Upgrade from where you are at the moment, though. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean it's just bigger. We've got three bedrooms, and we're I mean I've seen of, the place you're living in now. I mean Christ, I've got a tent. Well, it's a, it's, it's you know a small rented place, so we are move, you know we're, we're finally buying our own. We're we're flying the nest, and we mm. are um, losing a lot of money. So I can't <laughs> wait. Will you get will you get totes of mosh leaving with the happy times? Do you always have a see? And this might be a little bit sad, but whenever we leave a hotel or a hotel room, we always say bye hotel room, thanks for looking after us, and then look back at our hotel room and take in the memories. Is that is that weird? I mean, it is a little bit sad because I me and Rosie, <laughs> me and Rosie do the same. And it's oh it's, really? I love it's, that. It's sad, and we and we do. Uh, and wait, I've just realised. Me and you did it when we left the Benidorm Hotel. Oh yeah, but that was emotional. I mean, we, to be fair, just because two of us are walking out and not one of us. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, they were glad that we were both alive by, still. By Liam's brains on the on, on on the floor. By that was that was that was really lovely. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Red current going into the drain. Thanks. Oh mate, Christ, oh, scooping it me up. It was unbelievable. I hope you enjoyed it and the little um, the little story. There was um, there's other stories, but um, that was the main one that um, could have left. Well, I think it was the closest near death experience that I've ever witnessed. Um, when I when I did go, I might, did we take a picture of the actual area where you had to swing one handed? Because if we did, I might have to post that at some point. Maybe at the live podcast. Let me while while you're speaking now, I'll go back and have a quick look, and I'll jump in and, and let you know because I've got I've got a load of pictures on my phone, and I'm hopeful that I, that I did take one. I think we did take something. I mean, just to stop, honestly, like, and it may be difficult for us to describe how scary that was. But when you see what he did at that time of the morning, um, in the state that he was in, I had no idea that that was the end. That was the maneuver he had to make to get through into the balcony. But you know, on the plus side, I got to go into my bed. You know, a few hours early than than what I, what I needed to. So happy days. So thanks very much, Liam. Well, um, uh, you, your you're life welcome. on the line. Um, so I've actually managed to find the pictures already. Mm. Um, we didn't take one directly of where I jumped, but you can see that I have got a picture of you looking out over the balcony. You can see the whole balcony, so you can Ooh. see you can see how, how see high height. up it was. Height differential. You, yeah, you can see how high it was from the picture. Okay. I mean, it's not it's not like you're looking down uh, to the bottom, but you can no. see that it's high up from the picture. So yeah. that one might be worth me sending okay. over. Okay, that should be that should, that should be fun. I love it. Um, yes, because I'll be putting a podcast up. 
um, at some point soon. Right, okay, uh, let's crack on. Um, we've got about half an hour questions. It's just a quick rundown today, I think, um, ahead of the big game against Manchester United, of course. But um, there's some interesting questions here, some really good ones from the peeps, so we wanted to save them for the back end of the week. Um, and hopefully we've got some answers for you, or Liam's got some answers for you. Shall we go? Let's do it. Linda's Lama. When he's good, he's very, very good. And when he's bad, he's terrible. Can Jose Sars' calamitous keeping be coached out of him or are we looking at a new number one for next season? Yeah, it's a tough one because... Um, we discussed it, didn't we, saying whether he was going to keep his place or not. You would have gone Dan Bentley. I kind of said Sar. He, and to be fair, like he has, he's come back, he was rewarded. That's, I guess what good keepers do is that they recover and they recover well in important situations. Yeah, and, and look, he made a couple of good saves against Villa. So, you know... He, you know, he was a bit calm on the ball distribution, better. So, look, it was, it was definitely an improvement at Brighton, but if we're going to be honest, it, it couldn't have been much worse. So, an improvement, yes, um, not outstanding, but that's not because he, he did anything wrong. It's that he didn't really need to be. So, um, credit to him. Look, he came back and he did a lot better against Villa, but uh, he's been inconsistent this season. Absolutely, look, it's been it's been uh, an issue um, trying to get the best out of him. I think it's a, a little bit confidence-wise, because you saw how commanding he was in his first season. Um, very aggressive in his own box. And there's been times when he has been like that this year, but there's been too many times where um, he's, he's been allowed to be bullied a little bit. And um, and that for, in, a, in a goalkeeper, that's the last thing you need. And when mistakes happen as a goalkeeper, it, they're highlighted a lot more because it often leads to goals. So we need a bit more from him, Absolutely. And the summer will be really interesting because we I did report at the time when uh, back in January when they were going to bring Dan Bentley in that um, that they were potentially looking at bringing another number one style goalkeeper in, in in the summer as either you know competition to Saar or depending on on the, what happens with Saar potentially replacing. So there could be some movement um, in, in in the summer, but I don't think it will be a priority if I'm honest. Out of um, out of all the positions and all the players that may come and go, especially with all the out of uh, contract players and all the you know different situations with a lot of out of favour players, I don't think it'll be a priority. But I do think it's something that they will potentially look at. So um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting final three games, which I expect Sar to keep his place, um, unless like we discussed on the last podcast, Lopetegui decides to be um, sentimental and give Dan Bentley uh, a debut. Um, but other than that, expect Sar to keep his place and then it'll be interesting to see what happens in the summer. Yeah, if you're Dan Bentley, are you a bit frustrated that you didn't get the call against Aston Villa? I mean, look, they kept a, kept a clean sheet, got a crucial win and, and you know everything's, everything's rosy. But are you a little bit frustrated that you've had to bide your time, maybe promised that you would get some game time, that you'd really push Jose Sar and then when, the, you know, when it really came to crunch time and, and he was under a lot of pressure and he's had a shocker, he still didn't get the nod. Or are you thinking, OK, well, they're over the line now. We talked about players who might get a chance between now and the end of the season. We're kind of concentrating on those players who were potentially coming to the end of their Wolves careers. Um, Dan Bentley, I, I don't think it is, but will, will, he have a, will he have a chance to, to maybe play in one of these last three games? Well, it, it depends whether Lopetegui is going to be that sentimental, like we discussed in the last podcast, be sentimental with some of the players that may be moving on and give them a chance. Obviously, Dan Bentley is not necessarily moving on, but um, hasn't made his debut yet. I, I'm not convinced that he will be like that, Lopetegui. He's um, obviously quite ruthless. He has been so far. He's, he's, he's needed to be, really. And he's not really been at Wolves long enough to probably understand some of the... Uh, 
the sentimentality with some of the players there. So I don't know if he will, to be honest. I don't know if he will do that. Um, if I'm Dan Bentley, am I frustrated? Probably not, because he wasn't playing at Bristol City anyway. Yeah, he's come in, a big club in the Premier League. He's had an opportunity to work with a you know a, a big manager, big players. He'll probably get, well, he, he will get a debut at some point. You'd imagine he, he, if, he, if he's around next season, he'll be playing in the Cups, etc. But um, at the very least, and and... and as far as Lopetegui's concerned, when I've asked him about this, Dan Bentley's there because he's got the possibility to play. Whether he picks him or not is the other, is a, is a, is the other question. But um, I don't think he'd, he'll be disappointed. I think he'll, he'll know that he was coming in to try and force his way into the team and it hasn't, hasn't happened yet. Yeah, uh, good stuff. Right, here we go. Second question of the afternoon. Um, Stuart says, Mr. Stuart Elliott, any chance of Jao Moutinho staying in as a player coach at Wolves? I mean, I'll extend that to, or just just a first team coach. So there's, there's a lot of questions. Jao Moutinho, of course, an incredible five seasons at Molyneux has been unbelievable. I mean, those first two seasons especially were, and I think just a pleasure to watch. Like you know, from a, of course, I was starting to get emotionally invested in this side. You know. Pretty pretty early on, but from a neutral point of view, and you talk about paying money, you talk about paying a thirty-five, forty-pound ticket to go and watch a game of football. And Neves was unbelievable, of course, but Jean Moutinho in those early years to watch him play and grace across the pitch. You know, one of the world's best. First of all, that he was even at Molyneux in the first place and at Wolverhampton Wanderers, but some of the displays that he made were absolutely. Incredible! It was. It genuinely was. You'd pay. You'd pay double or treble to watch just that guy because he was sensational. Absolutely spot on. I can't argue with that. And um, and it looks. Well, let's be honest. It does look like his his Wolf's time, his Wolf's career is, is coming to an end. I think it's likely, uh, not decided yet, but likely that he will that he will leave uh, with his contract up at the end of the season. And um, and I think everyone will wish him well when, when he moves on. But. The reality is um, that it, it's expected that he still wants to play. So that's going to be the first uh, barrier to him potentially staying at Wolves in any sort of coaching capacity. Um, he hasn't done any badges yet, so that's going to be a very, a very major uh, issue. You know, you, you, you can't be expected to drive... Uh, from Wolverhampton to Newcastle without a driving license, so he's going to be he's going to be struggling uh, to be coaching without any coaching badges. Um, and then I think you know there's a lot of other small things you can throw in there, money wise. You know we've used the example already of him being taken off the wages and what players they might be able to bring in to replace him. Um, you know he's going to want to be on you know decent wages as a coach, even if it's the player coach. So there's loads of things that get in the way of it of it of it happening. I think it's unlikely he'll he'll probably go away and play somewhere in Europe again. Maybe go back and do his coaching badges at some point uh, in Portugal. As far as we're aware, I know Bruno said this publicly at one point as well. But as far as we're aware, he does actually have ambitions, uh, Matinho, to go and do coaching and managing at some point. Um, but I just don't think it's going to be at Wolves. It's it's it sounds quite romantic. It sounds quite nice for him to to stay around and do it. But it seems very unlikely. Would, would you do you think that he will be? Um... He'll want to spend more time with his family. Do you think for a little bit, or do you think he he really does want to extend and, and keep on playing? I think a bit of both because you can still spend a bit more time with your family and still be playing as well. Whereas coaching is is a, is a different beast, isn't it? You know, he, he'll be 
having 12, 13 hour days as a coach uh, coming into, if he would, let's say he was staying at, uh, at Wolves, coming into Compton early hours, you know, 8am in the morning, leaving late at night, um, which is not what he does as a player because that's not what the players need to do. And uh, I just don't think that lifestyle quite yet is going to suit him. Um, I think at some point in the future, that's something he wants to do. But I just don't think it's going to uh, be immediately uh, next season when his, when his contract is going to be up for Wolves. So, um, Timing doesn't work. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. But you know, you never know what happens in the future. You know, things uh, strange things have happened. Um, but it's just not going to. It's not going to work out this time round. I don't think. I think it's likely that he'll be. Uh, he'll be moving on. Okay. Uh, next question. Rich Venville says, seeing as Ryan Giles seems to be in the e- a few EFL teams of the season, do you think he has a realistic chance of first team football at Wolves next year? If he wasn't already our player, surely he'd become one of the type of players we should be looking at anyway. So, kind of extend this to the whole Johnny Bueno, um, Ryan Agnori situation. There's a lot of players uh, kind of in that, I guess, left-back realm, Totti Gomez. So there's, and, and yet, I would say that probably, I mean, this is difficult. Who's, 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 the, who's the number one choice left-back, would you say, at this moment in time? I think it's very, very difficult. But Ryan Giles has definitely got to have... Some kind of a shout, um, you'd have thought, uh, coming into the season if they don't sell him. Yeah, so it'd be an interesting one with him because you're in a almost a stick and twist situation, aren't you? Because uh, sort of similar um, with with the Morgan Gibbs White situation, where uh, he's obviously done very well in the Championship. He's going to be worth. I don't think it'll be worth as much as what Wolf sold Gibbs White for, but he'll be worth a decent bit of money, particularly when you compare him to some of the other loan players that are doing uh, doing well in the Championship or League One, whatever it might be. He'll be worth a decent bit of money now if they wanted to sell him, and um, and they've got really the opportunity to either bring him into the fold now um, or sell him. And I think that that they are probably the two decisions. You probably don't go with the loan. I think the player would probably want that as well because. There comes a point, you know, when you're in your early twenties. At this point, he's had a few loans. Now he's come up the pyramid. He was back at Telford in, in back in the day, wasn't he? And and come up through Shrewsbury and different loan moves. Uh, there comes a point where you want, you know, a permanent home. You want to move somewhere and play permanently um, as as a, as a on a long contract as a, as a as a player of that club. If that's Wolves, great. If it's not, it may be time to sell him on. But he does have an opportunity, really, doesn't he? Because Remember last summer, Bruno Large said, I want to bring him in and look at him in the summer. And then four days before pre-season, they, all the players came back for pre-season, he was out on loan. <laughs> so, yeah, didn't really get a chance to look at him. Um, I would suspect that Lopetegui will have that opportunity. I think it's likely that he'll come back and he'll have a chance to, even if it's just at Compton before they go away anywhere abroad, and actually have a look at him in some capacity. And, as you've alluded to there... He has an opportunity with potential gaps in the squad. Look, we don't know what's happening with Ait Nori. It's clear at the moment the manager doesn't fancy him. Johnny, I think, you know, he's still got two years left on his contract, but mm. I think it's unlikely Johnny sticks around. I think he it makes sense with the squad need trimming that he, he's probably one of those casualties. Yeah. Bueno is, is liked a lot, despite being left out of the squad against Villa. Um, but maybe he needs to find a little bit of his form at the moment. Totti obviously doing very well, but for me, I'm not sure he's a left-back. So... There's potentially space there for him, um, and of course he's English as well, so that's going to have mm. a big impact on on the squad and the numbers, and 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 obviously it doesn't add towards the the foreign quotas. So uh, 
I don't think it's impossible that he gets an opportunity next season, but it's um, it's dependent really on, I suppose, how Borough do in the playoffs as well will, will have a big impact on it. But and the, um, yeah, yeah, there's a few moving factors here. The, the, what, what Wolves do have, like you say, is probably one of the most sought-after players um, coming out of the cham- in, in the Championship season, I think. Young, like you say, English, done great at that level. I'm sure lots of clubs will be very interested in taking him into the Premier League or Premier League clubs who have, who have been established, actually, because you look at it and he ticks a lot of boxes. And like you say, that quota as well as uh, as being young, he's a very good talker. Well, I say being young, he's, he's, you know, he's not as young as what he used to be, but he's, he's, um, he's definitely got a lot of attributes. He's played at left-back this season. He's played, obviously, at left-wing back. Defensively, he's still got a little bit to work on, but I think under someone like Julian Lopetegui is, is, is a, an area where he can really excel in, and I think that'll be very interesting. What Wolves do have, and this is a massive advantage for them, is they're in no rush to sell uh, Ryan Giles if they choose to do it or loan him. I don't think it'll be a loan. I think it will be, like you say, when you allude to them, that it will be probably a permanent deal if he decides to go because I think Wolves will, will want the money. But what, And they will be getting offers straight away at the end of this season. Probably probably got already got offers in um, for Ryan Giles. But they can wait as long as they want. They can bring him back. They can look at him. They can take him to pre-season. They can take him to South Korea. And they can look at him properly. And they can see what he, they can play him. They can see how he integrates around the squad. And whether he is, first and foremost, an option for next season. Now, if he isn't, the longer the better. Because there are going to be multiple suitors for Ryan Giles. And you know as much as anyone else, Liam, that as soon as the summer goes on and on and on, and clubs, especially um, promoted clubs, but others, when they don't sign players and they get more and more and more and more touchy and twitchy and then there's bidding wars and then you can really use this to your advantage and get absolutely maximum value, market value for Ryan Giles towards the end and make people sweat, make, make, make people be a little bit desperate, you know, players missing out or no, clubs missing out on targets. Use Ryan Giles if you're going to and get absolute top dollar for him. No, absolutely, and, and he's on. Look at his contract; he's um, still got two years left as well. It's twenty twenty five, so it's not obviously a, a, a huge long deal, but it's enough time that it gives Wolves uh, the kind of negotiating uh, leverage to to get the money out of him if, if they want to sell him. So it's it's quite for me. It's one of the. It's actually one of the bigger decisions of the summer when you come to those those loan players coming back, um, and, and potentially. I, I mean, I've liked what I've seen when I've seen him play. Um, I mean, you, you've probably seen more of him being uh, being at Borough on loan, but um, I quite like him. I think there's I think there's a good player in there. He can play as a winger as well. He, you know, he did that at Cardiff last season and got and got a lot of assists. So um, there's you know he's he's I think got a decent opportunity in the summer. It just really depends on some of the other movement. What happens with I think Eight Nori is probably the biggest yes I think the so. biggest I think problem for him. I, I would say that. Ryan Agnew's decision will will directly affect Ryan Giles's um, absolutely spot on. Yeah, I would have thought. yeah, completely agree. I think that's that's the one that's going to really impact because they're very, they're very similar players as well as yeah, uh, the are. position, aren't they? So, um, so yeah, I think that that would be the biggest impact. But he's he's got a decent opportunity. Um, I, I think at bare minimum, I would like if if it was my decision, I would like to see him come in and have a few weeks, even at Compton in the summer as a as a bare minimum, and have the opportunity to get in front of the manager. Uh, and then if they you know, if they decide to it's time to move him on then then, then so be it. Uh, but I think it, he's probably earned the opportunity to at least get in front of the manager, which he didn't get last summer. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because so I'm just finishing off my banana. That was um, good timing for me then to finish, wasn't it? 
<laughs> it was a big one as well. Um, really? I was, um, I, when you look at the loanies coming back and you look at the players who will, will look to be potentially getting into that squad or that team, you know, Ryan Giles, of course, Fabio Silva being one of those players as well. Um, you know, the players that are leaving, the turnover of players that will be coming in, we could have a, a completely, I mean, different looking Wolves team come the start of next season. Not just the starting lineup, but on the bench as well. And it, it could look so, so different. I mean, I'm genuinely excited because, you know, you've got the manager in there now, you've integrated him, you've got the backroom staff, you've got the, you know, you've got Matt Hobbs in there now as well. You know, the, the kind of structure, it's exciting. You've got, from that nervousness over these last two to three years, you feel that, that Wolves are, are settled. They've got over the most important thing, which is surviving the Premier League this season after the catastrophe of what we've seen. You know, Really, what, what, what developed over the last 18 months, let's be honest, not just, not just six months of going up until Christmas. And they're in safe hands. They've got a great coach there. And you know, I'm interested to see what the Lopetegui era could be because that will be really when the Lopetegui era starts, you know, starting from next season. He's obviously... Done incredibly well and and defined his um, defined I think anyone's expectations, uh, but the fact that he might have his squad and his players or start to have his players that and the way that he wants to play I think he's been hand tied a little bit with uh, with just getting results. It's um, it could be a huge start and a completely different dawn. Oh, you're getting me excited now as well. That was like well, I'm a just saying. motivational it's like a pre- speech. preview pre- preview movie. Absolutely. <laughs> you make, I'm going to cough now. You're making me laugh. Sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. Once upon a time, wolves were struggling to get pregnant. And then, one day, in comes... Boom, 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 boom. And then Lopetegui's little face. Wow. Movie premiere coming to cinemas near you <coughs> in July 22nd. Odeon looks or view if you're spending £2.50 a ticket, Liam Keane. Two fifty a ticket is uh, is a steal. Um, <clears throat> that was the t- best. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still croaky. Bear with me. Yeah, you are. <clears throat> who's who's the one ill on this podcast? That is the best two minutes of podcast we've probably ever done. In in, in the middle of you, uh, you know, doing your movie preview impersonation. I, in the background, I'm just <clears throat> all the way through. <laughs> Poor I, Rosie. Christ. I, 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 what happens? I tell you. Yeah. <clears throat> I tell you. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, it doesn't normally happen. I tell you, that, that's unbelievable for you. I tell you what, that was that was an award-winning two minutes of podcasting. There, it was incredible stuff. <laughs> so everyone's ears. Um, I I don't really apologise. You, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've had a mute button for the last two years doing this podcast, and you haven't used it yet. It's astonishing to me. Only because the last time I used it, you uh, got the recording uh, back in your little editing software, and you went. Mm. Why? Oh my! Oh my! Liam, why? Why? Why is there so many gaps in it? Uh, I used I used the mute button. Oh, did you? Okay, no worries. <laughs> Done, yeah. Ah, uh, you little rat. Right, okay. Uh, we talked all about Ryan Charles. Should we move on? Yeah, let's. <laughs> okay. Let, let's stuff. do it. Let's move on. Uh, um. Look, I, I tell you what, I haven't asked you about as well before we move on to the next question. Uh, obviously, I was very ill the other day. But how are you after your? You know, are you fully recovered now after your common cold last month? Common cold. Mm. So I've had an interesting few uh, few weeks. Obviously, I was on death's door and in, and in hospital. We, we know that. Um, <laughs> death's door in Benidorm, mate. But yeah, in, <laughs> yeah. The, in the hospital as well. Yeah, go on. 
And and then last week, unfortunately, uh, relapsed. With, lose, <laughs> relapsed. Lost my lost my voice. But then, which some people were rejo- rejoicing at, yes. <laughs> but um, came back in time for uh, sort of doing the post match video with Johnny Drury because obviously you uh, bottled it and didn't come to the game. Uh. Um, and it's then, to see you got a win without me, to be honest. I mean, you were over four, so that's days. incorrect. <laughs> um, and I've been battling between a little bit phlegmy and coffee, which is lovely. Oh. I hope what, no one. What, what a podcast! I hope, I hope no one's. I hope no one's eating. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. Um, but I, I feel fine. I'm just a little. Just got a little bit of a tickle still where I'm coughing a little bit, but I'm not too bad. Okay. Uh, right. Cool. Cool. Dave. Um, why are we being linked with players that don't necessarily want to come? I.e., Fatty from Barcelona. Uh, and have we not learned from the Geddes fiasco? That's the first question. So we, we discussed it very quickly, but uh, maybe you want to elaborate on this, Liam, but not too much because we've got 23 minutes left. Yes, um, very quickly. Yeah, we did t- touch on it on the last podcast, but it's, it's not true that they're uh, going for this uh, insane swap deal and paying 30 million to lose Neves and bring Ansu Fatty in. Um, the idea of Wolves allowing Neves to leave on a free and then paying someone else for another player to come in the same deal um, sounds a bit silly, doesn't it, if, we, if we're going to be honest. So um, it's not going to happen. Um, I don't think they're going to spend that kind of money now and, uh, and agree that kind of money without maybe having some players leave and getting some getting some money in. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, just not going to happen. And then the interesting point from the question is... Um, about these players that don't necessarily want to come and using Geddes as an example. I think it's likely that Wolves are going to move away from those kind of signings this summer. There'll probably be some names that people haven't heard of. or you know, I think Young Hungry is the kind of um, the, the kind of players they're looking for. Look at Jao Gomez, for example, and, and how well he's done. So I think it'll be um, in that kind of mould. And Anzu Fati is, is one that's not going not gonna, to not gonna happen. Hmm. Uh, cool hand aid says as well. Uh, can see Neves, Moutinho, Adama, Johnny, Raul, Reinert, Nori, Geddes, Costa, and even Semedo and Pedence leaving. That's a big gap in FFP in play. Look, I mean, you know, you reel off those names, and we discussed, I think, nearly all of them uh, last podcast. But Neves, Moutinho, Adama, Johnny, Raul, Reinert, Nori, Geddes, Costa, Semedo, Pedence. I expect one or two of them will probably be here at the start of next season, but. That's a lot of players, or as Silly would say, a lot, a lot of players, and, and there might be others. There might be others. Um, that's a, that's a that's a big big hole to fill. But like you say, it's an exciting hole to fill. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. It's <laughs> honestly, you're better. What are you than talking that. about? You are what? better than that. Pardon? You've let yourself down. <laughs> you let your public down. You've you've let everyone down. Man of the people. Let me just finish my banana. Carry on. Answer the question. Don't say. Don't say. Let me finish my banana after a line <laughs> like that. Um, put, moving put on swiftly, mm. <laughs> swiftly. Um, yes. Look, it's uh, it's one of the most exciting holes to film. Unbelievable. Christ. Um, it's not even a live podcast yet. I know. I know. We need to be better than this. We we need to be better than this. This is what the this is what the people pay for. Um, okay. Yeah, that's why it's free. Carry on. They're the live potty. Oh, come on, man. Oh, okay. Don't do me like that. So um, yeah, look. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of wages being saved there, isn't there? With, with those kind of players, if if you did lose all of them, or even the majority of them, mm. um, and it comes back to the point I've made in the last potty and keep making that Wolves will 
would have movement to bring players in, saving on you know these expensive wages, etc. And um, it's it's not that they're not going to be able to bring players in. Uh, they they absolutely will, but they're just not going to be having a massive net spend. It comes back to back to that same point. So um, you know they they have a bit of wiggle room with allowing a lot of these players to go if if they all do leave. And um, and it should hopefully, as you say, be quite uh, quite exciting to. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> to to allow Lopetegui to uh, to build his own team. We're talking about Holster Phil. Um, what would you Christ. say is your best? Well, no, I'm saying that because um, to my to my mum's little seventieth little coronation weekend. Slash Where's this going? Birthday. No, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. I'll move on quickly. Went to WH Smith on the way back, on the way there. And um, Krispy Kreme, you know your Krispy Kremes, you get your, you kind of like, you can choose your individual ones or you get those yeah, yeah, yeah. sets of like nine, don't you? Assortment. Well, there was a Coronation Special. By the way, it's a nine. There were like three or four different flavours. 20 quid. 20 quid for the box for a Coronation Special because there were a couple of purple ones with a, a crown on. I mean, unbelievable. But... What would be your go-to flavoured donut? Now that is a tough one. Mm. Um, you, I mean, you already know this is the kind of person I am, but I'm going to use yeah. Greg's as an example. Oh no, Greg's like, is great. I've, mate. Been, I've been in Greg's once, and that was to get a random donuts for the rest of the um, office because I felt like I was obliged to do it um, before I went to to Starbucks to get myself you know, some proper food. There will be plenty of listeners. That will understand what I'm saying when I say that Greg's is top draw. It's amazing. Anyway, no idea. You're, you're missing out. Um, there is a, and this this might, I, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. If I'm honest, I think it's going to be a negative response, but well, let's find out. There is a caramel custard donut from Greg's. Ooh. I, I like a bit of custard. Oh, mate. okay, okay. I thought you wouldn't like no, it. Okay. No, no, I like, a, I, like, I like a bit of custard. Caramel on top, custard in the middle. It's exceptional so that is that would be that that's like a, a a bit of a different style but if i'm going to be you know bog standard and a bit boring can you really beat jam a nice, oh, mate, no, a no, nice I, strawberry I, I, jam I'm, mate i'm with you i'm with you i think jam as a as a filling as long as there's a lot of jam in there you don't want you don't want to get through when it's just dough 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 and this tiny little blob of jam you want something that's a little bit juicy that's good that's that's gonna kind of like you know you're getting a bit of jam every single bite, and I'm not saying straight at the, you know, as you enter the the donut, but at least at the, from halfway through, you're getting you're getting a good bit of of sauce in there, a bit of moistness. I mean, ah, <laughs> uh, this is going no? south. This is going south quickly. There's to- so many innuendos. I tell you what, I bet there's some incredible donuts in South Korea. Um, oh, like I all bet all sorts of toppings. I'm like unbelievable. Oh, like, I bet. I'm so excited for the food there. The food is going to be absolutely immense, but. The, um, some of the some of the I'm not just saying t- donuts but Korean food I'm, I'm very excited about but um, but I'll tell you what I do like a good maple donut maple donut yeah maple like a maple glaze a maple donut absolutely delicious Kino that with a for me you've got to if you're going to have a donut because it's a little bit dry and a bit claggy I feel you've got to have a really good hot coffee with you oh to be fair yeah, that, yeah 100% but, just yeah. to you know, wash it down. You've got those pieces of sugar at the back of your teeth, and you just swill it around and have a little oh. bit for later. Oh, mate! I, need, I need to have one. I need to have one. Well, it, it, unfortunately, you you always go for uh, black americano coffee, which mm. I do like, by the way. Yeah. I do like five but calories. You, that's why. But you, uh, I was just about to say, you do it for uh, health reasons. Um, yeah. I do like the coffees like that, but unfortunately, mm. I'm a massive fan of a nice latte. 
Oh, and okay. full fat. That's the problem. They're, they're they're not terrible. They're like hundred what hundred and fifty cows probably. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the difference between that and five is very, very exactly. Big. You, you need times that by three to four a week, and uh, times seven. Um, you know, time, times four for the month, times twelve for the year, and um, that's why a lemur is going to be um, one hundred and thirty fold still before not too long. If you continue to be water supporter and, and fe- feed the way that you do, feeding frenzy, it's unbelievable. Uh, right, Frizio says, which of our players will be most in demand by other clubs when the window opens? Or oh, which of the players? Never aside. Yeah, I think he's an obvious one, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> I still think Nunes is probably. Multiple be, clubs or just one club? I think there. I think there'll be people interested. Whether anyone makes a because obviously we know that you know City and Liverpool liked him before Wolves even signed him. Yeah. Um. I, I do think there'll be there'll be clubs that will be sniffing around whether they they make the the move or not is another one. Um. I'll throw one at you. Go on. Jose Sarr. Really. Jose Sarr, I think will still be in demand, and I think they might see a wobble there, and probably the one because he has regained for me. Quite a bit of form, and there was talk of him. I would say eighteen months ago, maybe even twelve months ago as well, going into the summer. Um, that I think there might start to be a few inquiries about Max Kilman. Potentially, yeah. I'll, actually, I'll throw another one in as well. I'm going to say Daniel Pedence because mm. I think clubs will definitely take him. He's got a year left. Be interesting yeah. to see what happens with him. So yeah. yeah. I mean, there'll be look. Wolves have got some really good assets as well, but in some of the players have signed. I'm so excited, honestly. I'm so excited for people like João Gomez next year. Oh, mate, I, I think he's a gem. I really do. Absolute living life. Um, just fantastic. And that's the thing, the characters that they've got here as well now. And, you know, they're very much happy. They're, they they get it. They're with the fans. They're not just kind of keeping themselves to themselves or head down and just want to play. They're, they're, they're thoroughly enjoying it. I think when Wolves do have some um, uh, long-term success as well and some sustained success they're just going to be absolutely idolised and they love it they love it they're young players they want to play they love the adulation from the crowd oh it's going to be so good right okay I keep on building it up for next season but it is exciting anyway uh, Willagong Wolf says is it time to deploy the same system we use at home when playing away against Manchester United and Arsenal and just trust it rather than trying to adjust based on opposition yeah it's a tough one because setting up away from home Lopetegui struggled a bit really hasn't he and um, I think it's it's been overthought at times and a bit overcomplicated. And then the one time he did keep the same formation, or the one time recently at least, that he kept the same formation away from home was Leicester. First half it worked really well. Obviously second half it, it fell apart a little bit. That's when Leicester made a change, overloaded the midfield. Wolves tried to sort of match them fairly early in the second half and it didn't didn't quite work. So, um, yeah, there's a, there, there was a few... A few reasons for that one in particular why it didn't why it didn't work. But the the other games where you know you're playing four midfielders or you're playing Moutinho as a ten or there's so many different decisions that haven't really worked. I think potentially it would make sense to 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 stick with what we've seen at home. Uh, I just don't think he's going to do that. I don't think he'll do that against United. United obviously being despite losing to, to West Ham and, and and being a little bit inconsistent, still you know very tough game away from home. And I do think he'll be a little bit. Uh, safe rather than sorry maybe try and play on the counter because they will have the majority of possession and, uh, and and that for me is the biggest challenge for next season is to try and repl- uh, try and rectify the, the away form and, and and the way that we'll set up away from home because it's been with a, an eye to trying to desperately get results to 
to just stay up, whether it's stay up by a point or a goal or by 10, 12 points, like it looks like Wolves are going to stay up by. Mm-hmm. Regardless, it was just stay up. And I think that's where the philosophy came from away from home. So that's what, as well as being the biggest challenge, what will potentially excite me next season as well is is hopefully seeing the shackles come off a little bit. And um, which you, I think you've already alluded to. And, and, and when uh, Lopetegui can sort of build the squad in his own vision, and then hopefully attack the league with a bit more, a bit more vigor. Okay, um, James Mern says, "Does Nelson Semedo ever smile?" Uh, this, yeah, this made me laugh. This question because he, he, I, I know what you mean when you when you look at him on the pitch and sort of even walking on or walking off the pitch, etc. But away from football or away from a match day, he's actually a quite a sort of chatty and funny and nice chap uh, I interviewed him once uh, sort of a sit down um, end of last season and, and he, is, he is a very sort of quite a bubbly character quite a nice guy so um, yeah I can understand why you would think that but he actually is the, the opposite of what you would think on a match there okay um, check your phone Liam I've just texted you um, Amar's Music Show what are your expectations for next season relegation battle mid-table or trying to get to the European places Oh, I think we've both said. Um, I think we've both said it has to be attempting, or at least ambitious, to get into to get into Europe. But um, I don't think the pressure will be on necessarily to do that. I think you've got to just improve. I think a top ten finish would be a, a good target. Um, but just improve on this season and, and keep building. For, look, look, if Wolves go out and all of a sudden shock all of us and spend ridiculous money in the summer, which, look, we've said that they're not going to, and it's extremely unlikely that they're going to. But if all of a sudden they do and, and all of the chips are thrown in and Lopetegui's under pressure to, to deliver straight away, mm-hmm. then that's different. But it's I don't think that's the way that Wolves are going to do it. I don't think Wolves are going to are going to play it that way. They're going to want to see improvement. Um, and, I, and I think you take it a season at a time. Um, right, uh, let's have a look. Da-da-da-da. I've lost my train of thought and I've put questions here that I've ticked and I've just clicked off the page, so I need to try and find them again. Stu says, now that the club down the road is going to be selling off anything they can just to survive, is there anything of note that we should be looking at? A couple of floodlight bulbs, spare tin of paint, pitch paint maybe? What would you give them if they needed it? Well, I wouldn't take any of their players. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> well, I wouldn't. So we're going to have to take, I don't know, they've got any like spare bunting around that we could use for the for the next coronation or something? Wow. I don't know. Wow, wow. Uh, um, yeah, maybe, mate. Maybe a couple of seats, maybe a lick of paint. I'm sure they could find a paint pot somewhere. Do you think they're in trouble? Do you think they're in trouble thinking they're going to go down again? I don't know. I mean, I've got, I've got, an, uh, for my do you sins... Like, do you like a black country derby or not? I, I enjoy it as an occasion. Unfortunately for for us Wolves fans, it's not exactly been the most joyous occasion uh, no, for for no. quite a while. So um, every year you well every year it happens. Obviously, it's been few and far between recently. But mm. every year it happens, Wolves have recently been the, the favourites and should be winning it, and then it doesn't work out that way. So um, I, I would like I, I would expect us to absolutely smash them if we play them now. Oh, yeah. So I would lo- I would love to- I would love that to happen, but it- there's always that little worry, isn't there? That it's uh, it's not going to go well again. Um, Gail says, "What's your favourite and uh, least favourite games of the season?" My well, least favourite's got to be Brighton. I know, I know maybe it's just recency bias because it's just happened, but having a you know by the time 
I got home and finished work, it was a 13 and a half hour day mm. to lose 6 0. Uh, you know, <laughs> I can't, I mean, that's, it's got to be up there, hasn't it? it? Straight away is one of the worst. Yeah, it has, what, to, has to be up there. One of the best this season. Mm, maybe Liverpool at home. Yeah. Because it was a good show. Molyneux was rocking that day for, for obvious reasons. Yeah, I maybe I maybe go with that. I mean, there's, there's been a few to be fair. Yeah, the four 0 defeat to Leicester at home just rings a bell. For That's me, a good show. I'm like, I'm like crikey, like these lot. Are, I mean, I think they'd lost something like. I think after that game, they'd lost five in six, and you just thought, right, they're they're absolutely banging trouble here potentially if something doesn't happen. You knew that you know they had the the quality in them, but you think if this if they continue with this, then they're in they're in a world of pain. Um, and the best game for me, sorry, Kilo, it's it's the Southampton away game just because of the narrative of it all. It was a bizarre game and they weren't particularly good, but um, just everything that was kicking off and going down to 10 men and, of course, Wolves scrapping for their lives at that point in the time, you know, the bottom three, Southampton as well. And to go from, from losing that game to winning it and Zhao Gomez's narrative and Neto running across the pitch, it was, um, it was a sight to behold. So I would say for... For selfish reasons and for just drama, pure drama, I would say it's a Southampton win. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time, mate. <laughs> I mean, I see you again once in a while. Um, wow. Andy Matthews, um, we kind of discussed about the stadium redevelopment, but there's nothing at this moment in time, is there? No, no, no. It's not sort of high on the on, on the priorities at the moment. Um, Oldie but Goldie says, if another loan can be uh, for Fabio would could be agreed, would you consider a championship club? Now he seems to have built his confidence. Feels that he could get too comfortable in a lower lower European league and may not be testing himself. Look, I mean, for me, where he's playing at the moment compared to a championship, I mean, he's playing by high standard, right? Of course he is. No, I was going to say that as well, especially considering they they've been playing in Europe and yeah, Anderlecht is a different different question that's arguably below championship level mm. but I think the Dutch first division it, I don't think it's necessarily much better than the championship but I don't think it's much worse um, and or, as I say the, the playing European competition as well is, is only going to add to it and look it's a big club big historic club a uh, lot of pressure I, I don't think I think I think it is a, has been a good move for him going PSV so I'm not sure Championship would necessarily be the move, but then equally, there's where do you go from PSV if he if he isn't going to come back and play at Wolves? So mm-hmm. it's it's quite a difficult one to answer. Um, and I think the player, while well, the player is keen to, to 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 play at PSV or elsewhere again to to develop his future or develop yeah. his career next season. So um, it'd be interesting whether Wolves can uh, sort of convince him to to stay around. Okay, last one. Dan Spears says, considering J-Lop uh, doesn't seem to fancy Ryan out Norrie, do Angus still have a 50% sell-on clause? And this could this be a stumbling block in him moving on? Yeah, so uh, you, people might remember at the time when um, it was announced uh, and my predecessor uh, reported on his uh, his signing at Wolves um, to say that Angus had a 50% sell-on that Wolves can buy out at a later date. Um, as of right now, they still haven't bought that out. So Angus do still have a fifty percent sell on, and um, and I think it's fair to say it could be a stumbling block because look, Wolves will want to get a little bit of money from him if if he if he does leave. He's not going to be going for the thirty, forty, fifty that some people were touting him for in previous years. Right now he won't he, he won't go for that. Um, whether he does in the future is another question, but right now he won't, and it means that if Wolves are going to sell him now, and let's say they 
they probably get lucky and convince someone to spend 20 mil on him. They're only going to get 10 mil of that. And they're going to get their money back, basically, for what they paid for him. So it is a little bit of a stumbling block if they do want to make money on him because it seems right now impossible to make any money on him with that salon. Um, and then whether financially viable to buy it out or not is another question. So, uh, yeah, that hangs over the, sort of the future and the deal a little bit. Look, there's no guarantee that Ignori is going to be sold in the, in the summer. It's just fair to say right now that, uh, that Lopetegui is not having him. And if that changes in the summer, we'll wait and see. Um, but right now he's not, and, um, and his future definitely sort of up in the air. Uh, final one, just to recap what your prediction was for Manchester United against uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. I've gone for a famous... Pressure off, 1-0, sensational away win. Uh, I hope you're right. I said 2-0 Man United. <laughs> Shocking, really. <laughs> we should, we should do you fancy, um, fancy going a little bit earlier and maybe grabbing a little bit of lunch, a little bit of early lunch on Saturday because the, uh, the missus has got her, her mum coming, uh, flying in this afternoon from Seattle. So I need to get out of the house quicker than normal. Uh, so we could, uh, maybe we could have a little lunch date. I mean, that's, that sounds lovely to me. Sounds lovely. Well, like, we like we like to photograph a picture and you looking very pleased with yourself. Uh, with a nice little bit of steak or a little bit of salad or a little bit of um, you know uh, maybe some pizza and hummus. Oh, I love a bit of pizza and hummus. Oh. You know, that's right. I, love, my street, I, love, I mean, authentic pizza hummus. I mean, you had in, in your food last night. You had some halloumi. I'm a huge halloumi fan. Huge oh, yeah. halloumi fan. Um, should we find somewhere nice? Shall we? Before I'm, we get I'm into down. that, because I mean, let's be honest. Manchester United and Old Trafford back in the day. Incredible stadium to go to. Now it is dilapidated. And I mean, it needs some work on it. Oh, absolutely. But remember as well that I um, I owe you this lunch. So, oh. so, so what? So we have to go hard? So don't, <laughs> so don't, don't, don't take me to a, a Ritz equivalent. Um, no, 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 um, no cherry chocolate souffle for me and you uh, pre-game. Oh, that does sound good though. It does. <laughs> Can't help myself. Right, um, this this will be remembered for Donut Gate, I think, this uh, podcast. But I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's good. I think we're we're, we're getting we're getting back to full health, and hopefully, Wolves can be at full health on Saturday at Old Trafford. From me, from Kino, have a great weekend. We Take care. Bye bye. You better retreat, cause we're on the attack. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. We're Wolverhampton. We're on our way back.